This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. The realities of getting Otani and how he'd fit with the Rangers. Because you know what I, I kind of realized here, Mike, is... You've been talking about this for a while, right. and everyone's like, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Otani's great. And then it kind of ends there, right? right? So I wanted to dive in a little bit more about something specifically that you have said about Otani in this lineup okay. and how he would actually fit with the Rangers beyond he's really good at baseball, so let's get him. So let's talk about how he would actually fit, right? All right, so I have started to, or attempted to mock together a lineup. But the thing is, for the Rangers, I feel like their lineup could change depending on how they feel about Evan Carter versus left-handed pitchers next year. Is that a fair assertion? Yeah, I think that he'll play next year every day, even against left-handed pitchers. Now, the days that he needs off, those will be the days they give him off. But But you wouldn't lead him off. No, 100%. If a lefty is starting, he he is moving down to fifth through ninth, somewhere in there in my lineup. So, Shohei would be your DH. Yes. Like, he's not going to play the field. He can't. He can't yeah. throw. And he's not going to pitch next year. So, the lineup that I, I'm curious if you think this is how it would shake out, okay. or if not, let me know where we need to adjust. For the purposes of this conversation, you're going against a right-handed pitcher. All right? That'll, that'll just make life exceedingly easier. Right. I got my pen. All right. Evan Carter leading off. Okay. Marcus Simeon? I disagree, but okay. go ahead. Okay. I'm, I'm going to listen to your lineup. Then Seeger, then Otani, then Adolis, and then I've got Young 6, Time 7, and <laughs> what I did was put Nate Lowe 8 and Tavares 9, but realistically I put slashes next to them and put Wyatt Langford. Uh, but I don't know how realistic that is, like at the beginning of the season or anything like that. Because let's be honest, we're all psyched about Ly- Wyatt Langford, but he's been in the minor leagues for five seconds, so it might take a yeah. little bit. And I do think the Rangers could make a move on Low or Tavares, as we have discussed. But this is the information we have as of now. So you said immediately change number two. How do you think it could shake out with Otani? Do you put him I, at two? Yeah, I don't think you want Otani. Maybe just the analytic part of it. It makes sense to me. The analytic part of it. The guys that bat first and second are going to get, get more most at bat. So okay. I would keep Otani second, and I would kind of never move him. Okay. From that, I get. I need to go look at his splits, but I bet they're not that bad against left-handed pitching. Uh, and I need Seager getting a lot of at bats too. So here's what's going to be a little bit weird: is I do still think Carter's a future leadoff hitter. But if you get Shohei Otani on your team, I do think you keep Simeon batting first. Which is fascinating. Even against 
uh, right-handed pitching, too. Which is interesting because when we talk with Bochi, he didn't say, right. oh, yeah, we're going to move him. But he did say he needed to have some conversations about Marcus in terms of making sure he stays durable. Right. That could mean a couple of days off, which we know he hates. Or it could mean dropping him in the lineup, which is what I thought it meant. So, I think it's both, by the way. I think you're reading reading right okay. there is that, look, we're now assuming Otani. So, I think right now, Bochi can't assume Otani's in his lineup. And I think without Otani in your lineup, I do think Carter leads off the majority of games. Uh, and then Simeon falls into either two, three, or four. But I think, in a way, if you go Carter Seeger, which they showed they're not opposed to against right-handed pitching, you do leave yourself vulnerable against solid left-handed relievers later in the game. But I think they're going to live with that in a regular season. I would, with Otani, I would still have Simeon lead off. And I would have Otani second and Seager third. Now, I know that's back-to-back lefties, but those are two of the best hitters. Yeah. Like, all right, you think lefties are all excited? When the phone rings and they're like, hey, guess what? You got Otani and Seager in the seventh inning. You think they're like, oh, man, that's awesome. That's a, Those are two easy batters because they're both left-handed. They are like, all right, man, I better have my good stuff because lefty on lefty is not like going to work just because right. I'm left-handed. I'm going to have to make some premium pitches against Otani and Seager. But I'd go Simeon, Otani, Seager. I would go a... a uh, Dolis Garcia fourth. I, I want to break up the lefties a little bit. And then in a weird way, now I'm going to have like a leadoff hitter batting fifth in Carter. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to have Carter batting fifth. I do want him getting a lot of at bats. I do want him being very fast on the bases. For now, Young and Heim. So I'm with you like six, seven, eight, yeah. nine. I'm with you. Young, Heim, Low, Leoti. And we do have to look at at some point, I don't know if it'll be opening day. I'm going to lean towards no, but I do think at some point next year, Wyatt Lankford's going to be in your lineup. Agreed. And, and I'm agreed with you there. I just wasn't sure how quickly we could count on that. So for now, now how fun will it be? You're not, you don't have a bad lineup. I don't have a bad lineup. Nothing's right or wrong sure. here is you are deciding between Otani and Seager. I do think Otani and Seager, though, do need to bat first, second, third in your lineup somewhere okay. there. And I don't think you're going to lead off Otani. I don't think so because okay. uh, you do want guys that he can that drive suggestion, in. That suggestion has come up. And I do like your lineup. I'm not going to call you old school, but that is a little old school, right? Have, that your best hitter bats fourth. Fourth. I do. I thought about that when I was constructing it is I absolutely thought – Oh, I got my more prototypical DH at number four, even though what we saw with Mike Trout is you made the shift to, hey, your best hitter hits second, yeah. or a lot of times he hits and, second. And maybe you go Seager second, Otani third. Like in my lineup, I'm not opposed to going Simeon, Seager, Otani. I just went Otani, Seager because to right, really give Otani a hell of a, of a protection there. Because right now, I think, and I don't think this is recency bias because he was crushing it during the year, too. I think I like Corey Seager just by the tiniest of margins as a hitter over Shohei Otani at this moment. Shohei Otani is awesome, and we're going to get to another element of that. But that's why I think I had Seager ahead of Otani, but I totally hear what you're saying. And I will just say that sounds like a devastating lineup. It would be the best lineup in baseball. And it it would be incredible. And To go with that. Shohei, I'm trying to look at He had 44 home runs. I'm trying to look at how many games he hit. Because I, I just picked up league leaders. 304, 44 home runs, 95 RBIs in 135 games. So he did play the majority yeah. of the season as a hitter. So you're looking at 
giving him rest time. Yep. Next year, you won't have to give him as much rest time because he won't pitch at all. Yeah. So I think in 150 games, giving him like 12 days off to try to keep fresh and ready, I do think there's a possibility of 60 home runs. And I think if if he's if he's going to be a 60 home run guy, do I bat him second or do I bat him third and give him one more guy that's even good to get on? But I want major protection behind Otani because Seager, in a way, in a weird way, Seager doesn't need protection because he's so aggressive at the yeah. plate. Then you would put Otani ahead, right? Because otherwise... Yeah. After Otani, if you have him at third, would be Adolis. And Adolis is awesome, but he can also be overly aggressive, right? right? And right. so you might think, let's take our chances there. So if that's what you're concerned about, then maybe I do flip Otani and Seager. The, the other thing, too, is when Seager hits a double, Otani's jogging home because he can fly. Yeah. I don't think people know how fast Otani is. Like, he can fly. Now, part of it is his strides are so long. Is he 6'4", 6'5"? I'm not sure, but I mean... He is such a he's such a long athletic guy. He he runs, I won't say as well as Evan Carter, and maybe that's not fair because he has to conserve a little bit of his energy because of what he does. But I've seen Otani against the Rangers. It's not the best thing. He bunts for hits every yeah. once in a while. Yeah. So I mean, if you just need a guy to get on first, you're down by two in the eighth inning. Uh, he might just lay one down third and get on first base and now give Seager the opportunity and Adolis and Carter and Young the opportunity to tie the game up with a big swing. You know what's interesting? I, I saw two different lineups come in from the 4-6-9, and one thing I want to point out about both of them is they have Evan Carter batting ninth in both of them. Now, I don't mind that at times. Against left-handers, that makes sense yes, to me. Yes. Otherwise, I think he's shown enough that they 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 don't want to do that. Like when it was all on the line, they're like, "Hey, maybe you can go third. Maybe you can go fifth. Like they had him high up in the order. Now I realize Shohei changes some of that dynamic, but I have a hard time against right-handers believing he would hit ninth. I 100% agree with you, but we have seen Carter this year in the minor leagues go through slumps. In a weird way, it was amazing. He did not go through a slump in the Almost two months in the major leagues, but limited games because you're not playing as many games in the postseason because of days off. He never slumped. But I think if you add Otani, this is like the dream scenario, and Otani is now in your lineup. When guys do go through a little bit of a, a funk or a slump, you can mess around with four through nine and go, hey, I still want to play you but I'm going to drop you a little bit in the lineup or I'm going to put you in a per – in a weird way, Bochy, I remember being so smart on this. Remember how bad Grossman was to yes. start the season? Yes. And do you remember what and got him going? I was not going? a proponent of bringing him in. That's why I was like, told you. Do you Look. remember what helped him get out of his slump? Yes, I don't. He moved him to second when Corey Seager got hurt. And the That's reason, a bold-ass move. So a dude's struggling, and he's like, you know what I'm going to do? And this, it didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, why the hell is he moving Grossman up? We need less at-bats from Grossman, not more. But his thinking was, and I remember this being so smart after he got Grossman out of his slump, he said he's going to get fastballs and he's going to get strikes because now he's batting behind some really good hitters. And when you're batting sometimes seventh and eighth, at times, I can look at – it's really tough in the Rangers lineup, but you can look at guys and go, hey, I'm going to be kind of tough on him here because I got guys that aren't as good a hitters behind him. And so I'm not saying you put bad hitters batting second and third, but I just thought it was really interesting when Bochi did that. It didn't make any sense to me. Then after he got Grossman out of a slump quickly, I was like, 
That made sense to me. He got a lot of good fastballs to hit. And that answers this question. Hopefully they were in on this from the 972. Mike, what do you mean by protection for the hitter is if you have the next person or the next two people who are nowhere near as good, why wouldn't you just instantaneously pitch around right. Otani? I'm going to throw balls in the dirt. I'm going to throw pitchers. I'm going to throw fastballs elevated in the zone. I'm going to do – if I walk them, so what? I have a guy who has a 25% chance of getting on base. And, look, the Rangers lineup was deep this year, so it's it's tough to find those guys. In the Angels, there were seven guys who only got on base like at a 25% clip. I'm not talking about batting average. Their on-base percentages were terrible. Their OPS was horrible. So when you have guys hitting behind you that are all-star hitters, it makes you think, hey, I can walk them, but I am putting a guy on base for back-to-back all-stars. Yeah. You know, and honestly, if you if you move Carter down a little bit, you could say, all right, Seager, Adolis, Young, and Heim, all batting behind Otani. They're all perine- they they all four made the All Star team. You would literally have four All Stars batting behind Otani, which it doesn't mean you have to throw Otani fastballs down the middle, but it makes it a More little bit tougher to walk yeah. just walk him, knowing how he can run and knowing he can still second. I'm wondering next year without pitching, does he become more of a stolen base threat? I'm you're going to be surprised by this. He had 20 stolen He's bases. He's a fast last year. dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like he can, he'll, he can, if you want to, he can easily steal 30 bags for you next year if you want him to get into scoring position from first to second. I don't think he'd steal second to third much. I want to hit, we've got a variety of questions here from the 214. Some I can answer, some we'll need to chop up. From the 214, do we know how long Bochi's contract is? I believe it's three years, and he told us when we had him on earlier this week. He will be back managing the Texas Rangers next year. Uh, from the 469, what is y'all's expectations for DeGrom at the start of the season? Zero. He will not be ready. Like, yeah, best, best case scenario, go ahead. Best case scenario will be after the All-Star break, but that's still probably too early on it. You're probably looking at August if everything works out well. I'm going to give you my opinion. This is only my opinion, and I hope I'm 100% wrong. I don't think he's going to pitch next year. He's going to try his best to, but I think they're going to look at it and go, just like Walker Buehler with the Dodgers this year. If you don't know who he is, he's a stud pitcher for the Dodgers. And they were hoping he would be ready for September and then be ready for the playoffs. And they backed off of it right at the end. They're just like, should we really force this and possibly put 2024 in jeopardy for Walker Bueller? And I think the Rangers are going to look at DeGrom and go, how much do we force him to pitch at the end of 24 to put the rest of his career in jeopardy? We could literally give him almost two years to be ready for the last three years of his contract. But... The hope is is that he starts pitching in August for the Rangers. And and I want to run a couple of these out there because we're excited, but there's a lot of people who aren't from the 469. I'll just throw this out there. I'd love him, but I'm hesitant to go for Otani, and I can't put my finger on it. From the 903, what's the likelihood of Otani just using the Rangers for leverage? We'll get to that in a second. And from the 214, this is the part I don't like. I really don't like all this Otani talk. It's not going to happen, nor I, nor do I want him. I'd rather address real areas of need. The only part I don't like in there, it's not going to happen. I, You might be right, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's not going to happen because this is all pretend. Like, they very well could lose because he'd rather be on one of the coasts, or he gets offered more money from the Dodgers or the Giants or whoever, or whatever reason. Shohei Otani wants to go somewhere where he can win. He can get paid wherever. If he wanted to just straight up get paid, I bet the Mets would give him 
you know, 12 years, $800 million or something ridiculous. He wants to win. I'm not saying the Rangers are going to get him, but it's not just us. John Heyman, one of his three favorites, MLB.com said, here are the eight teams in the mix, and the Rangers are one of them. They're a live contender. I'm not saying they're going to get him. In fact, I think it's more likely they do not get him. But they're in this mix. Now, if you think there are other areas we should address instead, I understand that. We had that conversation yesterday. In the last two years, Ranger fans, if that might be a longtime Ranger fan who's seen Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson, whoever it is, right? A lot of people use the Texas Rangers. I totally get it. In the last two years, the Rangers got Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Jacob deGrom, uh, John Gray, I won't put in that category. Nate Evaldi, I kind of will. Like, I mean, it was a little Just bit surprising that yeah. Nate Evaldi, like, uh, not at the end of his career, but like he's he's won a lot. Like he chose the Texas Rangers. You traded for Max Scherzer. Like, think about what you've done in the last two years to say that the Rangers haven't surprised you and got some of the best free agents on the market and outbid the Mets, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Giants. They've outbid those teams, Philadelphia. They've outbid some teams to get the best free agents. I understand. Odds are low that you get Shohei Otani. It's low that the Dodgers get Shohei Otani, and they're the favorites. I mean, it's not like, dude, I mean, if you're betting 100 bucks that Shohei Otani goes to the Dodgers, it's not like you're only going to win 20 bucks because it's a for sure thing. Yeah. Like, they, their odds aren't, their odds are against them that they get, get them. It's not one-to-one odds. So, I just look at it and go, I'm optimistic about it. I think Shohei is strongly considering the Rangers. I think the Rangers are strongly considering Shohei. Just remember this, Ranger fans. The Rangers were willing to give up the farm to get him for two months. If they are willing to give up the farm to get him for two months, don't you think they were also willing to possibly offer him over $500 million if they did get him? Yeah. And it's- so they're willing to offer that $500 million. I know that. Now, will it be the best offer? I don't know. And then somebody asked about... Jake Odorizzi, he is out of contract. So I don't know if they would bring him back on a low deal. If he's super healthy, I bet they bring him back on a um, minor league contract. Okay, which like I can invite see. to spring training, yeah. see how healthy he is, see how he can do. And if let, let's just say he's like, dude, you just haven't pitched in a year. We're going to send you to Round Rock for a month to work on kind of almost like an extra rehab. You have an out on May 1st. This is what happens. Derek Holland's of the world and Jake Odorizzi's of the world. What they do is they sign a split contract. They have an out on May 1st. So, look, after May 1st, if we haven't called you up to the big leagues, you can become a free agent. And if another team wants you in the big leagues, you got it. If you want to stay here, we'll give you another one-month contract and we'll let you out on June 1st if on June 1st we haven't called you up to the majors. And then from the 4-3-2, perhaps the most pressing question of the day, is it true that Corey won the lottery and quit? That is not true. He has World Series flu. He tried to come in today. He was here for a minute. It didn't work out. We will try again. We found out tomorrow. he could have yeast. He could. He could. Men, I, men can I get know. the yeast. I am also aware of that research you told me about in the break. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.